you would. We're, uh, we're ministering one more time on the distance going all the way. The distance. And we looked at some scriptures on Sunday about Paul saying, no matter what, he was going to go all the way. He was laying down his life to go all the way. Well, that's, that's how we are now. We don't count our life dear any longer. We've been bought with a price. Now, I've been reading this for quite a few services, and I'm going to continue this. It's in Ephesians 3.20. If, uh, if there's ever a scripture that was beyond what you could imagine how extreme God is. It's like uh, 2 Corinthians 8-9 in a way where it says uh, that He became poor that you through His poverty might be made rich. And that word rich, if you look it up, it, you think it means get your bills paid, but it just means extravagantly wealthy. It's amazing. And then we look in Exodus sometimes and find out where the Lord uh, told them to stop through Moses. Quit bringing so many offerings because they didn't have any place to put the offerings. He said, stop giving. That's pretty extreme. That's pretty exceeding abundantly above. And then you can go all the way through the Word over and over where the manna was so faithful every day to be just the right amount and, and fell twice on Friday so they would have enough on the Sabbath for both days. But if you stored it up, it would rot just over and over. The Lord's just extreme. And I don't, you know, it's amazing to all of us why we, with all this evidence of how extreme He is and how faithful He is and how on time He is, why we would ever doubt, why we would ever say, what am I going to do? We're going to believe. That's what we're going to do. We're going to believe. And so we, we, we have a, uh, a system here, as it were, where we talk about the the bounty and the goodness of God every service because we go from service to service and if we don't have that in our environment then we're tempted to let doubt and unbelief come in so we just stir ourselves up because the the word prophecy means that God wants to do it again and so he he wants to do it again we had quite a prophetic word this evening it was wonderful but in Ephesians 3.20, in the Passion, it says he will achieve infinitely. Well, right there, you've maxed out the whole English language when you say infinitely. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. We, you can't even get your head around that. You, you, we can't even go there. There's no measure for that. Your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. We should taste this scripture before we go to heaven. We should all taste it. We should have it. He will outdo them all. He will outdo them all. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord right now. Lord, we thank You that there is no need, no lack, no, nothing short. You have said you will do it. And right now we say, I believe you will do it. I, I have no fear that, that, it'll, that it won't happen. You will do it. And we thank you, Lord, in advance that you have done it, that you are doing it, and that you will do it. We give you thanks, Lord. We give you thanks. You will do it. We cast our care upon you, for you care for us. Glory to God. Amen. Amen.
Well, we've been looking in this series, just talking about things and digging deep. Not just digging around on the outside or on the top, but digging deep. Uh, buildings that collapse or buildings that are not stable, there's several examples of that where they just didn't dig deep enough. And every failure in any one of our lives or somebody else's is just a failure to put a good foundation in. When you have a foundation in, that's the only difference between those that get it and those that don't is the foundation. And so we tend as people to say when trouble comes, I'll load up and I'll go get the stuff to defend it off. But we all know that's too late. It, it's uh, it's got to be done in advance, and nobody really likes that. So everybody is operating under the laws of the kingdom of God. Everybody is operating, whether they're born again or not, whether they understand or know it or not. Uh, everyone is operating under these rules. So when we cooperate with these laws, when we cooperate with these laws, when we agree with these laws, it's like we're navigating. It's like there's a steering wheel or a rudder or whatever. Uh, Life is free if you can navigate. You know, they, they, uh, there's a lot of works, Mark Twain and such, that talked about the river boats that had to navigate the river because there would be tree stumps and there would be rocks and such as that that would take the, the boat out. So they had to know through maps, but a lot of it was just the sense of the experience of the captain to navigate the river. And we're all navigating. We all have, especially in America, we all have opportunity to do anything we want. And they say that's the American dream. Whatever you want to do. But we have to navigate because the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. In Matthew chapter 16, let's look in verse 26, where it's talking about this law of exchange. The law of exchange. He said, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Excuse me. Verse 26, I'm sorry. That's a good verse, but this is, this is going to fit. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Verse 27, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. So it's talking about the law of exchange there, that... Uh, we are all laying down our life for something. And the, the kingdom law is if, if we will discern what's common, what any man can do, not walk every, uh, climb every mountain or swim every sea or walk on hot glass, none of those things, just the common things. Just stop our life, the law of the tithe. G give out of our increase, the law of the Sabbath, where we just say, I'm going to stop my life and I'm going to give God honor, but it's also going to refresh me to do uh, more. Uh, I know from being a farmer that if you laid out a piece of land, if you would lay it out every few years, it would, it would somehow, I don't know how, it would rest, and it would really be a blessing the next six or whatever. So the law of exchange, we are cooperating with the laws and laying down that which is common so that we can pick up that which is precious. So we're, we, we can't get the precious. Uh, if you're, you know, we know how challenging it is to be a millionaire, 
if, if you want to use carnal terms. But you can exchange your life and have every need met and every desire met. The, the Moffat says, what will a man offer as an equivalent for his soul? So every person, whether they get born again or not, is laying down their life. They're exchanging their life. If they exchange it for, uh, if they won't lay down anything for the kingdom, they spend it all on themselves, well then they will reap corresponding, and they won't have treasure, they won't have precious, they won't have the holy. We want the holy. And the holy is not something that's glowing over in the corner. The holy is just when you can rest and have peace. The holy is when you have a confidence that everything is fine, all, all is well. Uh, the precious is when you don't have to think about your children or your spouse or these things. You've exchanged. You've exchanged your life for your faith, and your faith then is taking care of the precious and the holy. Uh, we know what John 10.10 10 says, The thief cometh not except, or except for to steal, kill, and destroy. And the Lord Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to overflow or to abundance. So, based on that scripture, because Jesus has died for every man, whether they've accepted him or not, he has died for the whole world. He gave his only begotten son to the whole world. So every person, if they have a great increase in their life, or if they have none, they have disaster and torment and fear and, and great sorrow, it's based on how they exchange their life. But because Jesus came to give us life, everyone has a full hand of aces, so to speak. You can play them any way you want to. You can play them for yourself or you can play them for the kingdom, which will then come back to self. There's all, you, never, you never went the way of the world and had more than you went for the kingdom. So I wrote down five things. And I just want to, they're just principles, and I want to just bring those to you. Uh, that every citizen has great potential. We'll just start with that. Every citizen, because Jesus said, I've come, they might have life, and every man's been atoned for, has been redeemed, then every person has great potential. If they don't get born again, they're cut off from that potential, aren't they? They've already exchanged their life for unbelief. They've already exchanged their life because they say, I don't want to make Jesus Lord. I want me to be Lord. And so they've exchanged their life for themselves instead of exchanging it for the Lordship of Jesus. So number one, every man will exchange his life on earth. Everybody you know, including yourself, is exchanging their lives right now. And it's based on choices. It's based on decisions. It's based on wisdom. It's based on experience, what you remember, what somebody told you would happen if you did that. Or friends, the Proverbs talks about don't throw in with evil friends because you'll go out and you'll do stupid things. So every man will exchange his life on earth. You and my, me, our life is the sum of what we're exchanging for. Number two, the purpose of Jesus coming to earth was to offer Zoe to man. He exchanged his life for us and his life the exchange he brought was zoe life the life as god has it i have come that they might have life i've come to lay down my life for them selflessly number three the purpose of man then is to exchange his life 
for that zoe. If you're not born again, you cannot. Or even if you're in the wrong church, sitting under a wrong doctrine, uh, a doctrine of unbelief or a doctrine of, uh, of, uh, of uh, doubt, I, I guess that'd be the same thing, where they don't believe there's an exchange. Just you're ducking and dodging the world, do the best you can, good luck. Um, number four, the purpose of the thief, what would his purpose be? Would, absolutely. Or, and we would parcel that out based on our purpose and the Lord's purpose. He's come to disrupt or to nullify the exchange. Everything the devil does is not just because he's mean, he is mean, but the thing that he does that you say that was mean actually has a greater purpose, a, a wider spread. It's to disrupt or nullify our exchange. And so how many people say, well, God took my brother or God took my mama. I heard it just this week uh, uh, said, well, the Lord took everybody but me, and I don't know why he didn't take me. And I mean, just sincere, just an elderly man that was just sincere, uh, but he was sincerely wrong. So the devil has come to nullify or to uh, disrupt the exchange. So that tells us how much we have to get around him because he's disrupting or nullifying the exchange. What's the exchange that you're laying down your life, your common things? You're in church tonight. That's laying down your life. All of us had to do something to get here, to stay here, and then to go home. So we lay down our life and even our commitment uh, to do these things. And this is just one part of our life. He's come to nullify the Zoe. And lastly, uh, if you don't exchange your life for Zoe, if you're certain denominations and they just tell you that you've already exchanged your life, Going to heaven is all there is. If you, if you cash your life out, you give your life to Jesus, ask Him in your heart, all there is is going to heaven. So if you have the default of exchanging Zoe, in other words, if you don't do anything to exchange your life, then you have a natural and a carnal life. In other words, you have a life exactly like the sinner that never gets born again. Now, you will go to heaven if you're born again, but as far as having a life on earth, you will have the exact same carnal and uh, defeated life as a sinner. So you could be born again and not have any Zoe life working in you, but going to heaven. So it's just up, it's just up to what people want and what they want to believe. So I wrote down that faith assigns value to the common. And faith assigns value to the holy. What do you think is holy? I can promise you that many, many, many people in, in Alabama don't think going to church is, is a holy thing. They, they wouldn't like it. They wouldn't. <laughs> they'd be punching their watch to see how, long, how much longer is he going to go and that sort of thing, or reading the Bible, and certainly giving. They believe that's foolish. So faith exchanges or faith assigns value to everything. Now we all assign value to our children and we say, well, that's the most precious thing. But actually, they're not as precious as your spouse, according to the word. You go, well, what could be more special than my children? The covenant. The covenant. 
a, a marriage covenant would be more because for sure they're going to leave and cleave. Little Eric told us when he was uh, in high school, he said, Mama, I'll be with you till I'm 40 years old. And Anita come by and just batted her eyes, crooked her finger, and he was gone. <laughs> he changed his mind about 40 years. Hallelujah. Uh, so if we lay down our life, which you've got to lay down your life anyway, everybody's laying down their life for something, but if you lay down your life in faith with an expected end in the exchange, then you'll pick up provision. You'll pick, pick up peace. You'll pick up security and well-being. You'll pick up uh, uh, healing. And well, although it's just endless what Zoe life has if we will exchange our life for it. So we, we lay down our life in one way and we pick it up another way. So we lay down our life. We, we cannot exchange our life directly to be a millionaire. There's nobody in here unless you have a great idea or you whatever that causes millionaires to be millionaires. It's all different. But none of us just say, I'm going to offer my life. I'll just live like for the devil and I'll just whatever. Well, the devil don't even want most of us. <laughs> so it, it, you, there's no way. So we lay down our life in things that would not pay for a life of provision and supply, would not pay for a life of peace. It's just one life. But I lay it down for the Lord Jesus, and I say, I'll be where you want me to be, and I'll do what you want me to do, and uh, I'm yours. Well, that then causes that door of provision, of supply, of peace to open in our behalf. And nothing can open it except the exchange. Now, you do have people that are very wealthy, obviously, wealthier than ever have been, but it doesn't mean they have happiness. It doesn't mean they are satisfied. And we've talked about that many times. Turn with me right there. You're in Matthew. You slip back to chapter 10, if you would. I know that we've gone over this. This is number seven, actually. We've gone over this another number of ways. But the reason we go over things over and over is not because I can't do something else, although the Word, we're just going to preach the Word. It's, <laughs> if it's about this subject or another subject, we're going to preach the Word. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, I had a pastor friend in Odessa, Texas. He, uh, he preached Proverbs for 22 years every Wednesday night. Well, that just means you can preach the whole kingdom. It, <laughs> Proverbs covers everything. So it was just the word. So we, But what we do is we're endeavoring for each one of us to have mastery. That at the end of seven of these messages that we would all say, I understand the law of exchange, and I understand what's at stake, and I understand what's, uh, if I don't exchange right, I understand what the default is. So that's what this is all about, is mastery. Not just to say, yeah, it seems like I heard about that one time. Mastery is what causes us to win. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, let's look in verse 34. It says in 34, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth, I came not to send peace, but a sword. That really, that really is hard on a lot of people. Because uh, they really have Jesus as a lamb in this, in this hand, this arm, and doing the peace sign with this one. You know, it's like, uh, he, he couldn't hurt anybody. But uh, he said that in verse 35, For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother. 
and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Uh, let's see here. Let's go on. And a man's foe shall be they of his own household. Now, does that explain anything? It should. We're going, this can't be right. These are my... He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Talking about the kingdom law of exchange. That even a good thing like loving your daughter-in-law or loving your mother or loving your brother, putting them affection-wise in front of the Lord Jesus, even though it seems like it's the most noble and virtuous thing, yet he says, he's not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth this life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Law of exchange. Jesus was a demonstration. He was the pattern for that. And he made it very clear how it works. So I'll slip over to Matthew 13. You're right there. Verse 44. Verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like. Now, whenever it says that, it's very powerful. It's very important. It's landmark. It's a cornerstone. It's, it's what you measure from. He said, And the kingdom of God, heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Um, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So there's the law of exchange, isn't it? Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net. Let's see. I'm just going to 46. Excuse me and went and sold all he had and bought it. So what we do, what the law of exchange means, is that you find the treasure, you find the kingdom, and you say, I, I'll give everything for the kingdom. It's, I assign value, I assign worth to it. I'll give everything. And so you take in the other scripture, you quit loving your mother more than Jesus. You quit loving your brother more than Jesus. You have to say, I still love you, but I found a, a new love. And, uh, and it's, it's, things have changed now. You can't talk me out of going to church or to serving God or, or, or worshiping Him. It, it's not going to happen anymore, and that happens a lot. Uh, in Matthew 18, verse 8. Now, this one gets pretty rough. I mean, if there's a rough... Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off, and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. So here he's talking about faith that assigns value to the things that are common in our life. And he said, if you have anything in your life, that's what he's saying, that's ahead of the Lord... He said, you, you're going to have a poor exchange. You're not going to be able to exchange for Zoe life. Verse 9, And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye 
rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Matthew chapter 19. The Lord's on a, he's on a, a roll here in Matthew. <laughs> he's, he's explaining it in many ways. Verse 20, the young man saith to him, this is the rich young ruler, all these things have I kept from my youth up, what lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, if thou wilt be perfect, Go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. So he's telling him the exchange there, isn't he? And it's not that you can buy the kingdom. You can have treasure in heaven by what you give. But obviously that was the man's treasure. That was the man that, that was the thing that he idolized, that was in front of the Lord Jesus. He said, Thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. We all, we're all in this. The example is just able to cross all of our lives in every situation. Um, let me just read you Proverbs 3, verse 13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. And the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better. Here's the exchange. The merchandise of wisdom is better than the merchandise of silver. And the gain thereof than fine gold. So he's saying, what are you going to lay your life down? If you lay down your life for silver or gold, then you will, have, you will not have made a good deal. You, you will have been. She is more precious than rubies. And all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of day is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. So right there, it's just like we look back there that, uh, about the man that found a treasure in a field and went and sold all he had and bought that field. Because it's, it's the treasure. It's the thing that eclipses everything. And he's saying here, wisdom. Wisdom. You can't live without it. You're living an inferior and alternate life if you're living without the wisdom of God. So what should we be doing? We should be laying down our life in exchange for wisdom, whatever it takes. We should be going to the book of wisdom. We should be hearing wisdom. We should, we should traffic in wisdom because when it comes out of your mouth to tell somebody what the wisdom of God would say, then it enforces or it puts a pylon inside of you and stiffens you even in what you're saying. Uh, we say all the time, the, the strongest people in a church are always the children's church ministers because they're back there breaking down the bread of life to little ones and the principles are all the same no matter how they're shared and the comp complexity of it is irrelevant. They, they have things in them that go way, way out there versus someone that just hears the word but doesn't speak the word, then they don't necessarily know the word. In uh, Proverbs 8, 11, it says, For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Let me read that again. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired, all of life, all the default life, are not to be compared to it. Can't even compare to it. Isn't that amazing? The law of exchange. 
Proverbs 16, 16 says, How much better is it to get wisdom than gold? And to get understanding rather than to be chosen than silver. So it goes back to Matthew 16. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added. Proverbs 23, 23 says, Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Buy the truth and sell it not. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Now here's a scripture that's in 2 Samuel. We won't look it up, but it's in verse 24. And uh, there's a king named Aruna, or something like that. And the king said, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Remember this story? Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which costs me nothing. So he'd come back from battle. He'd won a great battle. And he wanted to sacrifice to the Lord. And so the landowner, the merchant there, he said, here, I've got this stuff and that stuff here. Let me just give it to you and you can offer a sacrifice unto the Lord. He said, so David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. What could they have done to stay the plague of Israel? There's nothing that was available in their repertoire of things that they could offer. There was nothing they could do. So they exchanged their life by building an altar that cost them something and offered it up to God, a burnt offering, and that got them what they could not get. They exchanged something that was common and they received the holy, the precious. Amen? And in Philippians, would you turn there with me? Philippians chapter 3. I've so enjoyed this series. It has just planted it deep in me about priorities, about uh, evaluating things, appraising things, and assigning value to things. Philippians chapter 3. Let's look in verse 7. Here we go. Here's Paul saying, but what things were gained to me, so that'd be a natural life, wouldn't it? That'd be what he could do, what you and I could do with our life. Those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. What a comparison. He said, anything I could do in this earth doesn't compare and then he goes on, he said, For whom I have suffered loss, the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. So that's back to what we said earlier about holding things loosely. Holding things loosely. There's an old axiom in the kingdom, it's not scriptural per se, but it says what you clutch to keep, you lose. And it's based on this very principle, what you clutch to keep, you lose. And then that scripture, where did you find that scripture, Melissa? It's a, it, I, the thing is hidden. I don't know where it is. Every once in a while I want to quote it and I, I have tore this thing up every time. But it, the, the word says, uh, increase to inherit. So that's talking about capacity. So as you and I put value on things that are precious, the move of God, that's precious. Healing in our bodies, our families, that's precious. When the storm's coming over Mississippi, coming towards Alabama, 
And not only do we not get wound up about it, we just kind of confidently walk out there and enforce our dominion. And, just, and then we're through. It's like, who wants pizza or whatever? We're not hunkered down in the basement. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not coming against that. I'm just saying there is a place we can live that excels that, exceeds that. So we are exchanging our life, each one of us. And wisdom is causing us to do better and better and better. And then the return is greater and greater and greater. Amen. Makes you want to just go do something for God, doesn't it? Makes what we think is important, what you might wrestle with or even dare to fret or worry over, to get anxious about something that needs to be purchased or something that doesn't work and what are we going to do? It, uh, it really steers us to another course that says, and I've seen this in many Pentecostal examples where the washing machine broke or whatever and uh, they didn't have the money to fix it and they, you know, no way to get one. So they just go into the living room and they say, let's lift our hands before God and just thank Him that He's the God of all provision and all supply. And, uh, and then go in there and just lay hands on the washing machine and boom, off to the races. Leroy Thompson tells about that. He says that he did that with his washing machine. And it worked until one day he had enough money to go buy a new one and he went and laid hands on it. <laughs> and nothing happened. Because <laughs> he had the provision. You go, that's strange. No, it's not. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's way, the way the Lord supplies. And we would do that for our very own children. So thank you for tuning in with us this evening. Uh, we're so glad you... We're able to study the Word of God with us and increase your life. Go to our website. It's riverchurchalabama.org. We have a lot of things there, and we're, we're working on finishing it, but it's still got some things for you. God bless you.